Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. All right, Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome to our Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Tonight we are studying Parashat Vayetzei Yaakov Miber Shava. An unbelievable Parashat with so much information. The birth of the 12 <coughs> tribes. Thank you for joining us here live. For those online, Bruchim Abayim. Those listening on our podcast, Finding Holiness. Glad that you can tune in as well. And uh, check out everything else we have posted on the website, findingholiness.com. Tonight's class is dedicated Miriam Bat Perla. Those Baruch should send her a speedy refuah. And um, only good news, Bezrat Hashem. There is, what can we say? Um, so much taking place from the moment that Yaakov leaves Beersheva on his way to Haran, where he's going to spend many years of his life in the house of Lavan, finding his, eventually marrying his two wives. And, uh, and birthing 12 Shevatim. And the whole Lavan story and episode is one to be dissected. It's very difficult to understand, but that's actually not what I'm going to focus about today. I want to focus and, and on, on really the first part of the parasha there, this, this sleep that Yaakov Avinu encounters right at the onset <clears throat> Um, that and this a unique protection that he made for himself. He went to sleep at the site of the Bet Hamikdash, Achachamim tell us. And what he did there at that moment was attempt to protect himself from wild animals. How do I know this? This is how Rashi interprets the pasuk. So let's read the opening psukim. We'll get a better idea of what's happening. Yaakov departed from Beersheba and went to Haran. He reached the place. And he spent the night there because the sun had set. And he took from the stones of the place. And he put them around his head. And he laid down in that place. So Rashi, of course, who elaborates on almost every detail in Humash, brings a lot of Midashim, quotes a Gemaran Masechet Chulim. The Gemara says, and again he quotes, He reached the place. Rashi says, The Torah doesn't tell me which place he reached. It just tell me, tells me he reached the place. It must mean the place that has been mentioned elsewhere. This is Haramoriyah. Where the Bet Hamikdash, the Kodesh Hakodeshim, was going to sit, Shneemar Bob, for it said about Haramoriah, Vayar et Hamakom Merachok, and he saw the place from far. This is in reference to Abraham and Yitzchak and the Akedah that Abraham saw the place from far. Hamakom, this is the same Makom. So Yaakov was there in Haramoriah, and that's where he had his dream. And then he takes these stones and he places around his head, and that's where he sleeps. Rashi says, What does it mean, Vayasim Merashotav? Asa'an kemin marzev saviv lerosho. He arranged them like a gutter pipe around his head. Sheyare mi pene hayot ra'ot. Because he was afraid 
of wild beasts. And the stones began to quarrel with one another. One stone said, On me I want the tzaddik's head to lay upon. And the other one said, No, on me. Immediately God made the stones into one. And this is why the Pasuk says he took the stone in singular. Okay. So this is what's happening over here in these opening Pesukim. It's really unclear how, how these stones protected him. If Yaakov Avinu really feared from wild animals then why did he place the stones only around his head? A good, obvious question. If you really feel from wild animals, put them all around, sorry, put them all around your body. Why just around the head? And second, what's the significance of, of these stones fighting with each other? Each stone wanting the tzaddik's head to lay upon it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't just perform miracles. HaKadosh Baruch Hu just doesn't alter, uh, uh, alter the laws of nature for no reason. So what was his idea, what was going on behind the scenes to amalgamate these stones in, into one? So to begin answering these questions, and we're going to have one beautiful Hidushim today, let's look at the Ramban. The Ramban asserts that Yaakov Avinu not only just took random stones, these stones were actually from the Mizbeach upon which his grandfather, Abraham, tied up his father Yitzchak on Haramoriah. The same Mizbeach that Abraham built for Yitzchak, this is where the stones uh, came from. And uh, he, he quotes it in, uh, in, in, his, in his commentary, the Ramban, and from there, he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu combined them into one stone, one single stone, informing them that the 12, these 12 stones now into one were going to be unified and destined to be one nation in the land of of, of Eretz Yisrael. Um, the, the Magen Abraham asks a very obvious, obvious halachic question on this. And he says, how is it possible that Yaakov Avinu was allowed to do this? It's, it's halachically prohibited to make use of something that was made holy. We call this me'ilah. There's a mitzvah in the Torah called me'ilah, sacrilege. Something was sanctified you sanctified something, you can't make use of it. You know, that's, uh, you know why are we on, on, Korba, on, on the night of Pesach? Don't point at the, uh, the shank bone, right? Why, why don't point at the shank bone? Because if you point at the shank bone, then maybe you've, you've now made it Kodesh, and now you can't use it till Mashiach comes. You have a Bezamidash. You just look at the shank bone, okay? Um, but this is everywhere. The, the reason why we see a berachot, berachot on food, we see a berachot on water, on the chicken wings, on all the food that you have, is because la, la la, the land is, is God's. So everything is God, everything is holy, everything is from Him. So I can't just make use and just start eating without blessing God. So not saying a berachot, not only is like stealing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're all ver on me'ilah, it's sacrilege. So Abraham Avinu sanctified this mizbeach, for the sake of Akedat Yitzchak, now comes Yaakov and says, thank you very much, I want to use it as my pillow? What's happening over here? You're going to use the stones as my pillow? Mazet. It seems to be Asur, based on what, he is, uh, what, he's, do what, he's, what he's doing. Good question by the, by the Magen Abraham. So, 
There's an unbelievable novelty said by the Hatam Sofer. And relating to what Rashi says, Vayifgab makom, he, he laid down in that place. And the, the Hatam Sofer says that that place comes to exclude. Exclude. And Rashi brings this also. Rashi says, in that place he lay down, for he went to sleep, but during the 14 years that Yaakov Avinu was studying in the yeshiva of Shem Be'ever, after Yaakov Avinu left Yitzchak's house, he didn't go straight to Haran. 14 years he did a pit stop. It wasn't just a pit stop, it was a big stop. For 14 years he was studying Torah in the yeshiva of Shem Be'ever. For 14 years he didn't lay down at night, that's what Rashi says. He was occupied studying Torah. But, and so Rashi says, This was the first time in 14 years. So Hatam Sofer says, that Rashi is not suggesting that Yaakov didn't sleep for 14 years. Because to, to, that would be impossible. It's impossible. You, can't, you cannot sleep for, for more than three days. In fact, the Gemara tells us in Masechet Sukkah, If a person swears that, that and makes a net there, that I'm not going to sleep for three, three days, you give him trechas. You give him uh, malkut. What are you doing? You, 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 you can't make. It's impossible to not to sleep for three days, and you can allowed to. And he's allowed to sleep um, immediately because it's a meaningless vow. It's a neder without any substance. It's impossible to fulfill. So what did Rashi mean when he said that Yaakov didn't sleep for fourteen years? It means he didn't lay down at night to sleep, but he fell asleep while he was sitting up. He dozed off a little bit. Maybe like David Amelach dozed uh, 60 neshamot, uh, neshimot, 60 breaths, and then he got back up, but he dozed up, but he was sitting up. When he arrived at this moment on Haramoriah, he reclined with his entire body. It was the first time in 14 years that he actually lied down. And he, why did he lie down? The Khatam Sofer says, because he wanted to lie down in the same spot that his father Yitzchak lied down on the Akedat Yitzchak, the time of the Akedat. Now, that's beautiful. What did Yaakov think at that moment? What was going through his mind that he said, ah, this is a perfect spot for me to lie down. For 14 years, you don't lie down. I want to specifically lie down where, where my father was bound to, to, to the altar. So the Gemara tells us in Masechet Chulim that, and again, Rashi also quotes this in his commentary this week, that Yaakov Avinu already reached Haran. He already got to Haran. He saw the sign, welcome to Haran. Yeah, he saw the sign on the highway. And, uh, but he forgot to pray on Haramoriah. That's what Rashi tells us. And uh, it's not right, because Abraham Avinu prayed there. Yitzchak Avinu prayed there. And uh, he said, how ah, can I pass this site? And now I, and I didn't pray there where my forefathers, my grandfather prayed. Not right. So he decided to turn around. And the moment he turned around, Kvitata Derech, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed a miracle. Again, the earth contracted. Boom. Okay, shortening his journey, and he was there. Now, he finished praying. He finished praying, and time to go back to Haran. That's all, I'm on my way to Haran. But, Kadosh Baruch Hu says, according to Midrash, this Sadiq has come to my place, my lodging place, and now he's, gonna, he's not going to rest a little bit. He's just going to leave right away. So immediately the sun set. She said that Rashi, uh, Rashi said, according to Midrash, that he made the sun set early. And which implies that Yaakov Avinu intended to go back to Haran immediately. He didn't want to sleep in such a holy place. It's not, it's not, it's too holy for me to, 
to lie down here and sleep. Imagine going to the Kodesh HaKodashim. This is where it is, that place, I'm falling asleep. Oh, it's just not right. But when he saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all of a sudden the sun was here and now it's, now it's here. So he said, okay, maybe God's sending me a, sin, a signal now. Maybe he wants me to sleep here. And he understood that it was Hashem's will that he did, does sleep. The Gemara in Masechet Yoma says that the setting of the sun alludes to the idea that the tzaddikim depart from this world. Vezarach Hashemesh, uva Hashemesh. The sun, then the sun will rise and the sun will set. In the Tepasuk and Kohelet. Ad shelo kapta shimsho shel Eli, zarcha shimsho shel Shemuel. Just before Eli the Kohen Gadol passed away, already the son of Shemuel Navi, who was next in line, had already risen. So we see from here, and we see it in different places, Gemara Masechet Moed Katan, Ki nach nafshed de Rabbi Yochanan, patach alea Rabbi Yitzchak ben Elazar. When Rabbi Yochanan passed away, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Elazar opened his eulogy like this, Kashe ayom leisrael kayom ba'a shemesh betzahorayim. A day a tzaddik passes away is as days when the sun sets at midday. So we see that when a tzaddik leaves, it's referred to the sun, uh, the sun setting. So what's happening here? Yaakov was evaluating in his mind this idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually altered the laws of nature. For what purpose? So that, so that he dafka sleep in that holy place. He felt that maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu was hinting to him that the time for him has set. And maybe it was Yaakov's time to die. Yaakov's span, lifespan on Olam in this world had to come to an end prematurely because why else would the sun set? And, that w- and therefore Yaakov felt, maybe, maybe I have to fulfill what my father did not fulfill. My father lied down in the same spot, ready to sacrifice his life for Hashem, he didn't end up doing it. Yaakov reaches that spot. He's about to go back, and all of a sudden the sun sets, which signifies the loss of a tzaddik. And he says, well, maybe this is my time. So I'm going to initiate the same self-sacrifice as my father. So he lies down. In fact, we see a lot of support from this in the Midrash. The, the, the Midrash in Bereshit Rabbah says, Vayalen sham kiba shemesh, this week's parasha. Yaakov heard the voice of the angels saying, The sun has set, the sun has set, in reference to Yaakov. Again, in Aramaic. And when later on, let's fast forward when Yosef is revealing his dreams to his, brother, to his father and his brothers, he says, Behold, I saw a sun and a moon. Yaakov Avinu says, Who told him that my name was Son? Right? It's a Midrash. So Yaakov was Son. Yaakov was the Son. And now the Son is setting. So the Son is set automatically. Yaakov Baruch Hu sped up the day prematurely, forcing him to spend the night there. So maybe Yaakov Baruch Hu planned this to happen for the Son to set in Yaakov's world now, in Olam Azeh, and thereby completing the self-sacrifice of his father, Yitzchak Avinu, at the same location. Um, this makes a lot of sense based on what we said from the Khatam Sofet. Yaakov Avinu laid down exactly at that point, 
same location where Yitzchak sacrificed himself or was willing to sacrifice himself for, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, according to what Yaakov was thinking, he was fulfilling what Yitzchak couldn't fulfill, the act of self-sacrifice. And he was meant to lie down in that spot, in that exact location. <clears throat> now, so what's going through Yaakov's mind now? So I'm lying down. The sun is down. I'm ready to give up my soul. What do we say in Kiryat Shema Alamita? Biyadecha Afkid This is the last pesukim that we say in Kiryat Shema Alamita. In your hand, I entrust my spirit. The Zohar says that the bekol yom vayom tzarich barnash ladra b'tiyuvta. Every single day, a person has to perform teshuvah. Ve'limemsar ruchel legabed dipuk pehad. And offer his spirit to Akados Paruchu, departing with the pronunciation of Echad. That's why we say the Shema. That's what's written in your hand, I entrust my spirit. That's as I'm saying, listen, God, whatever happens tonight, it's up to you. I hope I come back tomorrow. I hope I wake up the next morning, you return my Neshama. But if not, I'm giving my Ruach to you. It's in your hand. So what's happening now? Same thing. This is where, where I'm, I'm sacrificing my life for Hashem. But he wasn't, he wasn't sure what was going to happen. Uh, it, it turned out that Yaakov got his, woke up the next morning, right? Yaakov didn't anticipate that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was going to give back his Neshama the next morning. He wanted, to, uh, he wanted to connect with his father. He wanted to connect with his father's thoughts at that moment. That's those sacred machshavot um, that was, uh, was going through his mind in that place. Yeah, he, he envisioned his, his grandfather, Abraham, taking the knife, ready to, you know, preparing the knife, ready to, to, uh, to shohet his, his son, Yitzhak. So he looked up at the heavens and said, I'm ready. You didn't, Abraham, you didn't do it to my father, but I am here. And Yaakov all of a sudden fell asleep. He fell asleep in a very, very deep slumber, engrossed in thoughts of self-sacrifice, ready to give his life to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But in the dream that he dreamt, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him in that dream, no, not yet. Your time is not now. In fact, um, you, you have a lot of what you need to accomplish over the next few years in your life. Um, you're still obligated to return to Haran. You have to lay the foundation of, of Am Yisrael. You have to bear the 12 Shevatim. So therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises him, Your children will be like the dust of the earth. It will burst forth in all directions. And then he promises him, I'm with you. I'll guard you wherever you go. I will return you to their soul. So this answers the question of the Magen Abraham. The original question of the Magen Abraham was, it seemed prohibited for Yaakov Avinu to use these holy stones of, of the Mizbeach where Abraham bound Yitzchak, Brachedat Yitzchak. The answer is, it's not, it's not Meila. It's not sacrilege. That's not what it is. Lehefech. He perceived that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted him to self-sacrifice himself. So he took the same stones that Yitzchak lied down on and he said, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. He didn't intend to have personal benefit from the stones. Can't use a stone as a pillow. Come on. What's that? Everybody knows stone can't be as a pillow. Of anything, you're going to take some grass, some shrubs you're going to use as a pillow. It wasn't meant for personal benefit. It was meant to emulate what his father did at that moment of Akedat Yitzchak. 
So, he took the stones of the place and he placed it beneath his head. Rashi says, he performed a gutter pipe. He made a gutter pipe around his head. And we asked the question, if, he, if Yaakov was really afraid of the evil animals, the chayot ra'ot, put the stones around his body. Why just around the head? So what Rashi is referring to, these wild beasts, these animals, are the evil spiritual beings. The evil thoughts that penetrate the head, the Yetzirah, that's going to make Yaakov think, ah, maybe I shouldn't do this, might prevent him from sacrificing himself to, uh, to Hashem with the purest of motives. Uh, in fact, tomorrow night, Bezat Hashem, we're having our own Shabbat in my house. For those that will, make, that, will, that will be there, I plan on speaking about this, this whole idea of doing things with the, with the purest of intentions and motives and how it's also connected towards this pasuk. Not for now, I'm sorry, listeners, but uh, it's, not, it's not for now. You have to be there to hear it. But So Yaakov gathered all these, these stones that Yitzchak laid upon and he put them around his head to safeguard all the pure intentions that he had, all the pure thoughts that he had inside is his head. All right. So far, so good. Baruch Hashem. Let's move on further. <clears throat> Why did Akadosh Baruch Hu arrange for Yaakov to lay down on Haramoria, where Yitzchak um, also, you know, laid down there exactly at that moment with the sunset? Why couldn't it be done at the beginning of the day? At the beginning or middle of the day, you know, sunset. Yeah, if that was the reason, we don't know. Where. It seems that Yitzchak. Lay down in the daytime. Right? It seems something of the day, or maybe mincha time. You know, Yitzchak is mincha. What's happening over here? So let's requote the famous Ramban, Siman Avo. Maase Avo Siman Labanim. That the actions of our forefathers are signs for the future generations. So what's happening with our with Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov are symbols of what is to take place in, in the future. Um, it foretells the future events that, that Am Yisrael, the descendants of the Avot, will, will see in their lifetimes. The Zohar tells us that Yaakov Avinu's departure from Haran actually alludes to the Galut. It alludes to, to, to the exile. Yaakov left Eretz Yisrael, he left Be'er Sheva towards Haran. This is in reference to the exile of the Jewish people who left the Bet Hamikdash to dwell among the nations. Um, this is the Jewish people leaving the Bet Hamikdash. And now they're exiled into, um, into, the, into the other nations. And he quotes, the, the Zohar quotes two Pesukim in, in Megillat Echa. min bat kol hadara. Right? They left from, the daughter of Zion left kol hadara, all of its glory. Uchtiv galta Yehuda me'oni. So we see this concept of leaving Eretz Yisrael or Vayetzeh Yaakov in Beershava is this concept of the Jews entering Galut. The Orachayim Akados also mentions that um, a beautiful novelty. He says, uh, and he quotes a Zohar, Chadash, Begaluyot, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God said, Begaluyot HaRishonot, in the first uh, exiles, Chazru Bizchut Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. They were, the redemptions were in the merit of Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Achshav hem chatu batorah, shenatati lemoshe. But now, this current exile 
is because they, they, uh, the, the, the Jewish people, came, it came as a result of forsaking the Torah, which I gave to Moshe. Therefore, Hashem says, I will redeem them when they occupy themselves with Torah, and I will do it in the merit of Moshe. Not only that, the rabbis tell us in many other places, based on the Gemara Masech Ba'abatra, that the future Geulah is going to come as a result of studying Torah, not just any Torah, specifically the Torah Shebe'alpeh, the oral Torah, the Mishnayot, and the Gemara, and and the Midrashim, and so on and so forth, coming and listening to a shiur like this, of course, this all helps hasten the, the Geulah. It's based on a pasuk in Hosea. The pasuk says, Gam kitnu bagoim ata akabetzem, okay, which literally means, although they pay tribute amongst the goyim, the Gemara Masech Ba'abata says, that this pasuk is actually meant to be read and translated in Aramaic. Itenu kulhu ata akabetzem. Tenu lashon shanu, mishnah. That if the Jews will study the Torah, if they will review the Torah, the Mishnah, I will gather him now. That's when I, I will gather them, the end of the exile. In fact, Rav uh, Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, has an unbelievable uh, allusion to the Geulah that comes about through the Torah Shebaal Peh. Tzion be-mishpat tipadeh Tzion will be redeemed through justice and those who return to her through tzedakah. He says that Tzion be-mishpat tipadeh has the same gematria as Talmud Yerushalmi. Veshavea Bitzdaka has the same gematria as Talmud Bavli. Unbelievable. The two major Talmudic works that we have, Talmud Yerushalmi, which was uh, ma- mainly comprised by Rabbi, Yoh- Rabbi Yohanan in, in, in Yerushalayim. Unfortunately, it wasn't completed. It was completed, but it wasn't edited well. And therefore, when most Jews went and were exiled and went to Bavel, the Jews in Bavel didn't accept it as authoritative. So they, they decided to create their own Talmud, and that's the one that we, we study mostly now. Unbelievable remes here. Tzion b'mishpati padet, Tzion will be returned, Talmud Yerushalmi, Shavei Abitzaka, Talmud Bavli. So we see clearly a correlation with the Torah Shabbat Peh and the ultimate uh, Geulah. So let's go back to Yaakov. He decides to lie down and, and sleep in the same spot that his father Yitzchak Lie down for his Akedah. Says the Khatam Sofer, an unbelievable uh, Chidush with regards to this. He says, Abraham Avinu's job in the Akedah, that uh, bringing his son to Haramoria was a form of Torah Shebikhtav, was a form of the written Torah. Why? Because Abraham Avinu heard the command directly from Hashem. That's like the Torah Shebikhtav, that's the Chumash. It's directly from Hashem. Moshe kibel Torah. Moshe writes down exactly what he what he hears. Yitzchak Avinu didn't hear it from God. Yitzchak Avinu heard the command from from his father, from Abraham, who related the, God's command to his son Yitzchak. So Yitzchak could have easily just said no, right? He could have easily said, "Sorry, Dad, I'm not, I'm not going through with this." He refused to comply. Okay. Um, he could have said, Dad, I don't think you heard what God said properly. Maybe you were half asleep. I don't know what happened that night. Maybe you had too much coffee or your adrenaline. I don't know what was going on, but he didn't. He accepted. He accepted his father's word without question. He recognized that his father was a Navi of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Yitzchak's ordeal in the self-sacrifice in his own Akedah was, a, was like a Torah Shebealpeh. Was like the oral Torah following the direction of what the Chachamim tell us to do in every generation. That's what the Old Torah is. That's the Mishnah. 
So now we can appreciate why HaKadosh Baruch Hu Dafka arranged for the sun to set prematurely in order that it would cause Yaakov to lie down and go to sleep on Haramoriyah at the place of the Akedah. His departure from Eretz Yisrael to Haran exemplified the, pr- the principle of Ma'aseh Avot Siman Labanim. It signified Bnei Israel in the future leaving Eretz Yisrael towards Galut into exile. And therefore the sun set at that moment, alluding to a darkness of Galut prematurely. And the Galut, the, ex- the, 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 the leaving of Galut, the redemption, all depends on the Torah Shebe'al Peh. How do we know that the words of Torah are only retained by those people who sacrifice himself on their behalf? They, they killed himself for it. How do we know that? This is a Torah. It's a reference, it's a reference to the Paraduma. Adam Kiamut Ba'ol, the man that, that dies in the tent. So we see over here that there's a self concept of self-sacrifice that is clearly involved in the, in the Torah that you study. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu instituted, he brought the refuah in advance of the mahala, in advance of the ailment. We already have the medication, the remedy. At the precise moment that he was hinting to Yaakov that his children were going to go into Galut, he arranged for Yaakov to lie down in the same spot where his, fa- where his father Yitzchak lied down. And that was a symbolic gesture infusing his descendants this, this idea, this characteristic of self-sacrifice, the ability to study Torah, Adam ki ohel, adhere to it with self-sacrifice, and that's the key to Geula. Unbelievable. Now, it gets better. It gets better. Maybe this is what's really happening with the stones who are getting in this fight underneath Yaakov's head. That's what we quoted Rashi at the beginning, that we got stones fighting over here. What's happening? What's going on over here? What's Rashi? Why does Rashi feel this is so important? It's a very cute midrash, but what's going on over here? So based on what we said, unbelievable. Each one was arguing, let the tzaddik's head lay upon me. Yaakov Avinu gathered precisely 12 stones. Alluding to Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi. Because each one of them have six orders of Mishnah. Shisha Sidre Mishnah, yeah? The six orders of Mishnah. Six and six. So while Yaakov was living, living in Eretz Israel, he studied the Torah in the Yeshiva of Shem Ever for 14 years. His study symbolized that of Yerushalmi. It's Talmud Yerushalmi, it's Eretz Israel. But when he was forced to leave his home and to go into Haran, outside of Israel, he had to study the Torah of Chutz La'aretz, which is the Talmud Bavli. So after Yaakov studied the Torah of Eretz Yisrael, Talmud Yerushalmi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, now you got to go to Haran. Why you got to go to Haran? Although it was brief, not a major portion of Yaakov's life, but he needed to be infused with the Kedushah, the Talmud Bavli, of the Torah Shebaal Peh, of the Talmud Bavli. And when he returned from Haran to pray on Haramoriyah, the sun set down, forcing him to spend the night over there. Yaakov gathered 12 stones from the Mizbeach where his father lied down. And at that moment, that moment, the stones were fighting of who was going to be the main one. And he had six stones of Talmud Yerushalmi saying, I want Yaakov's head on, my, on me. And he had six stones of Talmud Bavli that says, no, I want my head, my, my on me, uh, my, my stones on, his head on my stones. 
mean? So when Rashi says that these stones, he, he, he set them up like a gutter pipe around them, protecting from dangerous animals. He surrounded his head with the Kedushav, Torah Shebel Peh. He wanted, he was, he was trying to avoid all the negative evil klipot that were trying to inject poison into his mind that maybe or not the, the, the Kedushah would not enter his head. Achachamim tell us that a person should always turn himself and his thoughts to the words of the Torah and that's how he expands his knowledge. And therefore he had these, the stones protecting his head so that nothing can penetrate, nothing evil can penetrate. And that's the, that's the meaning of what Rashi here is saying uh, with, with, the, with the stones fighting. Those that were represented by the Yerushalmi, the Torah of Eretz Yisrael, they said, listen, there's no Torah, ke Torah Yisrael. The Torah of Israel is the greatest. There's truth to that, by the way. No question. The, the Torah that you study in Israel, incomparable to the study that you, the, the one we do here. It's a, it's a, it's a different madrega. So the stones representing Tamud Yerushalmi were saying, ah, it's got to be me. Got to be mine. The head goes on, my, on me. But then comes the stones of Talmud Bavli and says, No, but I'm the Torah of the Galut. The Torah that the studied in Galut possess a very special significance because you got Yetzirah there, you got, you got negative influences, and if you manage to succeed, it's unbelievable. So, what did those Baruch Hu do? He tra- transforms them into one stone. As if to say, both are equally good, both are equally important. Each one has its unique importance. And B'nai Israel will realize the future Geulah in the merit of both of them. How do I know? Zion v'mishpati padeh is Talmud Yerushalmi. V'shavea b'tzaka is Talmud Babli. Beautiful. Unbelievable. <clears throat> the Chida to supplement this idea has an incredible Hidush. And he says that the Talmud Bavli represents Rachel and the Talmud Yerushalmi represents Leah. Again, tomorrow night, Bezat Hashem, I also have something about Rachel and Leah, all connected to what I was saying. Unbelievable. But again, you got to be there in person. Talmud Yerushalmi is Rachel, Tamud Bavli is Rachel, Tamud Yerushalmi is Leah. Now, there is a lot to expound on this and how exactly that that works. One, one idea that I was thinking was, Ene Leah Rakot Verachel Yefator Vifat Mare, right? Leah, her eyes were Rakot, were soft, maybe, and, and Rachel was beautiful. And I'm saying maybe that's why. Everyone study. Most people say the Talmud Bavli. The Talmud Bavli is 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 Vifat Yefetor Vifat Mare and Miskena Leah. Who her her Talmud's a Yerushalmi. It's not as studied there so much. That's one illusion that I see uh, over there. But there's there's more to this. Something I want to say uh, that he brings down over here. Leah was privileged to live with Yaakov in Eretz Israel. She was his significant other while they were living in Israel. She enabled him to study Torah. And represents the Talmud Yerushalmi. Rachel was, who was Yaakov's, yes, main wife, but she was his main wife only in Chutzlaris, in, in the land of Haran, where he was with, uh, uh, with Laban. And therefore, she represents Talmud Bavi. And we know that as soon as Rachel entered the land, she died, um, uh, giving birth to Binyamin. 
This is uh, what the Torah tells us. Uh, what the Torah tells us later on when Yaakov is speaking to Yosef, Yaakov is trying to justify himself. You know, what happened to his mom? Um, so he said, As for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the road. While there was a stretch of land to go to Ephrat, I buried her there on the road to Ephrat, which is Bethlehem. And Rashi says, what does it mean I buried her there? Meaning, I didn't even take her to Bethlehem, Rashi says. Uh, I didn't even take her to Bethlehem. It was but she was on the road. Why is she on the road? Why specifically there? He said, because I received the word of God that she had to be buried there. And we know the famous, there's a famous Rashi, that she had to be there because in the future, Nebuzaradan would exile B'nai Israel. Uh, during the, this, you know, the, the, the first exile of, of Babel, after the destruction of the Beit HaMidash, and they're going to pass by Rachel's tomb on the road. And Rachel would go on and, and cry and weep. Rachel would cry for her children. Uh, of course, uh, a, a weep. This is in, in reference. She weeps for her children. And Kadosh Baruch Hu says this is the reward for your act. Your children are going to return for your borders. This is for you crying for your children. Don't worry. I promise you that your children are going to come back within your borders. But Rachel, we see, was not in Eretz Israel. Well, she was in Eretz Israel, but it wasn't, it wasn't for much time. So Rachel Imenu was buried upon her entry into the land. Why? So that she could pray for B'nai Israel when they would be exiled to Babel. So she represents Talmud Bavli that was revealed in Babel. And it was in the merit of her tefillah that, that, B'nai Israel, that, that, that Israel revealed the Talmud Bavli in Babel. That Torah Shebe'al Peh that is so important, so crucial to help Jewish people return to their rightful land and borders at the time of the Geula. So now it makes so much sense why HaKadosh Baruch Hu arranged for Yaakov Avinu on his way to Haran to marry Rachel and Leah. He, it just happened. And boom, Haran, that you're going to find exactly there. That's where you're going to marry your two wives, Rachel and Leah. Leah, who corresponds to Tamud Yerushalmi, and Rachel, who corresponds to Tamud Bavli. And on the way there, before you get there, you got to spend your night on Haramoriyah. And it was over there, he was going to take 12 stones from the stones of the Mizeach, which also correspond to the Tamud Bavli and the Tamud Yerushalmi. And yet, Although each stone was vying for that opportunity to have Yaakov's head lay upon it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu miraculously transformed them into one stone to allude to the fact that they're both equally as uh, important. And that was a symbolic gesture to Rachel and Leah, who correspond to the Talmud Yerushalmi and Bavli. Both were worthy of marrying Yaakov. Yaakov, of course, was the um, epitome of Torah, Yaakov was a pillar of Torah, as we know. Yeah, Abraham being Chesed, Yitzchak being Avodah, and, and Yaakov was a Torah. Both the Talmud, Babel, and Terushami, both were worthy of marrying Yaakov, giving birth to 12 original twa- tribes of Israel. They were all destined to study the Talmud, Yerushami, and Babli, and here, thereby hastening the Geulah, Tzion Bemishpat, Tipade, Beshavea, Bitzaka, Me'akados Baruchu, Give us the strength to continue our constant study of Torah Shebe Al Peh. There is Torah Shebe Al Peh for everybody. If Gemara is not for you, maybe the Midrashim are for you. If the Midrashim is not for you, maybe the Mishnayot are for you. Uh, you know, it's there for the taking. There's so much, and little do we know that it has such an impact 
on the speeding, speeding up of the Geulah, Bezrat Hashem will be zocheh, to see the Geulah Shelema with the coming of Mashiach, Bimra Amenu. Amen. Have a wonderful night, everybody.